Hello and welcome to Who Books That with Harrison Greenbaum. I am your host, Harrison Greenbaum, and this show, as always, is presented by the International Brotherhood of Magicians. Uh, a bunch of you have written uh, to tell me that you've signed up for the IBM or renewed your membership, so that is awesome. Uh, and it's so easy to do. Just go to magician.org slash join dash the dash IBM slash join. And if you are a young magician, uh, there are two programs that you should know about. One is the Lance Burden Team Seminar. Lance Burden has been on the program three times. He's incredible. Uh, and him and a, an entire team of people are creating uh, the Team Seminar online. It's virtual this year. You don't have to fly out to do it. Just go to magician.org. That's the IBM's website. Slash convention slash Lance Burden Team Seminar with dashes between Lance Burden Team and Seminar. That is July 7th and 8th. And if that is not enough, Tannen's Magic Camp, this will be my 20th year. It is also virtual and it is free. It is from July 13th to 17th, go to Tannen's Magic Camp. If you are between ages 10 and 20, uh, please sign up. Um, the lineup is so good. I know you're gonna wanna sign up even if you are older than 20, but it is for kids only. Uh, it is gonna be amazing. So make sure you check that out as well. And as always, this show is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you're on the East Coast, 4 p.m. If you are on the West Coast, uh, every Wednesday, 7 p.m. And it's also available as a podcast on Apple Music, iTunes, uh, or uh, depends how update your system is. But go to whobooksthat.com. You can click the Apple Music link and download each one of these episodes as a podcast. Please leave a five-star review. It really helps get the show out there. Um, it, it's really important to spreading the message of the show. And uh, already the show is in the top 100 for performing arts in Canada, top 200 in the United States and the UK. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And also, if you want to follow me, it's at Harrison Comedy. I tweet stuff. I Instagram stuff. I'm on the social medias. Uh, so definitely follow me at Harrison Comedy. So that uh, is all the housekeeping. And now to our episode. I am so excited. Next week, by the way, John Darambo is a Philadelphia Eagle uh, NFL player and uh, finalist on AGT. He's our guest next week. But this week, holy crap, we have, uh, we have a legend of magic. Uh, on this show. She is the only female magician to ever win the coveted gold medal from the International Brotherhood of Magicians. She's an international superstar of magic, has performed literally all over the world. Uh, she's also not just one of the best performers you'll ever see, but also one of the nicest people. I love her to death and I know you're going to love her. So make some noise, get excited from your apartment or home. It is our featured guest for this evening. Give it up for Jade, everybody. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hi, Harrison. How you doing? I'm good. Everything's good here. Awesome. I, thank you so much for joining us. I know it's slightly earlier. You're in San Francisco, right? Yes, absolutely. And it's four o'clock. Nice. So you're, I, I can tell you, for, I'm three hours in the future. So if you need any stock tips. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're not that easy. Uh, we have so much to get into. Um, you have such an incredible journey. Um, so let's walk us through just the beginning. So you immigrate to the United States. You're nine years old. Yeah. Uh, you come in from Indonesia. Your parents are from China. You don't know any English. Uh, and you find yourself working uh, at a museum on Fisherman's Wharf. So take us through that. Yeah. Um, it was the summer before my senior year in high school. And so I was 17. Um, got a job. It was actually the museum next to the magic shop. It was called the World of the Unexplained Museum. When you come out, you come out into this great magic shop. But um, I got a, a job as a cashier in the museum. Like four or five months later, they said, oh, the museum's closing, but if you want a job, you can work in the magic shop. So I shifted over. Now I have to tell you, I don't know if you know, or can you tell? I was a very, very shy person. I couldn't, 
I couldn't make a sale for the life of me in the beginning of my magic shop days. And I remember six months into it, the assistant manager said, listen, if you don't start opening up and talking to pay people and making sales, they're going to fire you. So <laughs> I'm amazed they let that they waited six months to tell you that. I know how kind <laughs> were they? they thought, maybe today, maybe today she'll talk. <laughs> and, um, no, Did you exactly. have an interest in magic? Because at, at that point, you uh, I believe you didn't really know any magic when they hired you for a magic shop. That's right. So what happened was at, at the magic at the museum, uh, before I was let go, they said, listen, if you want to go work in the magic shop, start practicing your magic tricks now at the till for the museum. So I did. Uh, so I, I could do the cups and balls, the um, um, ball and vase nickels to dimes all of those easy to do magic <laughs> <Hot sellers. laughs> they were so amazingly fun i have to say and i got hooked but still it was very difficult to talk to a stranger people were coming in and i wouldn't talk to them i wouldn't show them anything i would just wait until they asked me how much is this and i would say 3.99 or whatever it is um but anyway the threat of me losing my job made me open up and i thought you know i'm at fisherman's wharf I'm never going to see these people again. It's okay. <laughs> that was like when I, I used to fly her for stage time outside of a, a theater in Times Square and I get rejected by thousands of people. Uh, and I think that really helped. A lot. I, that was just a sneak preview of the entertainment industry. But wait, were you ever shy? Uh, no, I was very loud. I, I started what? talking when I was very young and I haven't shut up in 33 years. And we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so tell us how you got through. So you're you're working in the magic shop. You're learning magic. You're did you immediately fall in love with magic, or is it something that as you were doing it, you're like I'm really good at this? You know, I think everything it just kind of fell into place because I remember the first job offer outside of the magic shop was uh, this man. He spent like two hours in the magic shop. I showed him everything that we had, and then he said, "You know, I'm going to do a show for an elementary school uh, um, show that I, I'm scheduled to do." But since you know how everything works, could I just hire you? And I thought, <laughs> yeah, why not? So I went and did the show. The kids loved me. And I thought, you know what? I think I could do shows. I could do kids' magic shows. They love me. That was the beginning. So I started doing uh, kids' birthday parties. And, uh, and then when I did the kids' birthday parties, the parents would be there and they'll say, we have a corporate show. My, my company's having a Christmas party. Can you come and do that? You know how it goes one after another. And uh, the, the more interesting one is I became the assistant manager at the magic shop at some point, And I would get calls, people looking for magicians. And I remember the Marriott Hotel down at Fisherman's Wharf, they had a bar called Illusions. And they said, oh, we are, we're called Illusions and we are looking for a magician. Can you recommend anybody? And I said, I will send her over right now. <laughs> you were your own agent, that's fantastic. I was there in five minutes. <laughs> Got the job. Yeah, it was oh, that's so good. Uh, somebody actually already asked. Uh, and by the way, if you're watching the show, uh, we can see all your comments. So please keep asking questions. Douglas said, "Is Jade the first in her family in magic?" And uh, I'll add on to that because my 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 dad's parents. My dad is a musician. His parents immigrated from Europe, uh, and they would. Uh, there, there's a reason he's a real estate manager, I think, and not a musician. Uh, they they I don't think they would be as supportive uh, to him as, as my dad is to me. How did they feel about you pursuing this career in magic? Well, I think that they always thought I was going to get a real job. <laughs> right? Um, and it wasn't until I bought my first house in San Francisco 
Then they stopped asking. That was it. <laughs> that was the moment. The house. Okay, no more talking. Have you already won uh, the gold medal at that point? I did. I won the gold medal. I had a chance to perform internationally and I traveled around a lot. And during one of those bouts, my, my dad had said, you know, you should look uh, into buying a house in San Francisco. And I thought, oh, I cannot afford it. We looked around and um, I actually found a house I really liked out in the San Francisco near Fish, uh, uh, near Ocean Beach area, near Golden Gate Park. Um, and lo and behold, the house was owned by somebody I worked with at the magic shop years ago. I didn't know that. Out of the blue, my friend Mark Lee calls me and says, hey, so what are you doing? I said, I just put in a bid for a house. He says, yeah, I know. I didn't hear him. I just kept saying, this house is amazing. And you know, it's perfect. It feels great. He says, yeah, I know. I said, what, what do you mean you know? He says, I own the house. That's literal magic. <laughs> yeah. He says, you know, there are people that are offering more down payment than you, but I know you. I'm going to give, I was only offering 10%. That's all the cash I had. And he said, I'm going to give it to you. Wow. So, you know, it just fell into place. It was meant to be. That's incredible. I, I also love that because like with my parents, you could do, you can get successful in the industry or like be on TV, but it was all about, oh, can you afford your apartment? Okay, now you've been it. You too, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And at what point did you start building uh, your your silent act, the, the act that won you the medal and that um, you did on Craig Ferguson and yeah. um, that I think a lot of people know you for it. Um, I was working in the magic shop and I remember hearing people talk about the magic castle, the magic castle, this magic castle, that everybody that's anybody works at the magic castle. And I was nobody. I, uh, I, I remember I entered the local Oakland magic circle competition across the Bay. And first one, I, I, I lost second one. I won first place. And I thought, Oh, this is the beginning <laughs> I'm good enough to enter the international. Oh, no, no, no. I thought, Oh, this is the point where, I can um, maybe put an act together for the Magic Castle. So um, what I did was I put together all the things. In fact, I went through the stuff that was inside the discard box at the Magic Shop. <laughs> because I wanted to get free things and I didn't have any idea of what to do. And the trick that I do with the, 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 Construction paper, I show it, and then I produce the silks, and then I, I produce water. That trick was in the discard box because it had no instructions. Nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted didn't know what to do with it, and I figured it out. And you know, honestly, I could not find a replacement for that when it broke. They it doesn't exist anymore. So did you have to make your own. So I had to start making my own. So I was working in Malaysia and I made a bunch as a backup. And then I sold a few at, at a convention somewhere just because, I don't know, I was doing a lecture and I've never done it before. And I thought, oh, I guess that I could sell some of this off. Anyway, you know how it is. Um, so that was fun. Um, no, I think that's amazing because I, I always tell magicians when they're trying to think of what tricks to add to their act. I always say sometimes one of the best things to, to find is a trick that everyone hates or a trick that you hate. Because there's, if you're doing the same trick that everybody else is doing, there's no way you're going to look different. But if you're doing a trick that was literally discarded at a magic shop, you're probably going to stand out. Yeah. So that's what I open my show with. 
the 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 silk production. Oh no, 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 no. I do the the umbrella production because I had to prepare for the rice and the stuff mess I was going to make, so I had to set it up. But uh, I'm going to go into how my show came around. So I spent a lot of time at the Magic Castle. Doing 21 shows a week really can refine your act. Yeah, and, um, I have a picture from that time. You do. Oh. <laughs> I think that's you with uh, the professor in the castle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was so young. Yep. Yep. I, in the eighties. Oh boy. I didn't even get dressed up for that. What was up with that? <laughs> how, did, how did you even get into the castle? <laughs> uh, well, I was, I was, I was working the castle then. My God, <laughs> I'm here. Um, I remember that I was fortunate enough to become friends with uh, Brian Lee, the stage manager and also, um, Peter Pitt, who booked the castle. Um, but I have to tell you a story about when I first started um, the castle. Should I? No. Um, <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> peer pressure. Peer pressure. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Um, so I, okay, this is going to come out and tell you how it all goes. All right. So first, let me just go back. Absolutely. Go back with uh, when I first auditioned to work in the Magic Castle, Peter Pitt was um, great in inviting me to come back again. Uh, but he did say, uh, you know, I have to explain. When I immigrated to America, my name, the, the immigration officer decided to name our whole family with American names because we actually had Chinese names. We all had Chinese names, my family. But they decided it wasn't good enough, and I'm going to rename everybody. So they decided to name me Fanny because it rhymed with my sister's names, Yenny and Chenny. I guess I don't know, but uh, like a like a Huey, Dewey, and Louie situation. I think, <laughs> or it could be the immigration officer because I'll tell you later on what happened. So what happened was then um, I'm. Auditioning to work at the Capitol, and Peter Pitt says, "Ladies and gentlemen, the magic of Fanny." And um, John Carney was in the back of the room. He said, "All the guys were lined up in the back, and they were like elbowing each other." <laughs> <laughs> so I come out, and I'm in my traditional Chinese dress, covered from the neck down to my toes, and there was no Fanny to be found. And um, at the end of it, Peter Pitt said, "Maybe you want to change your name." So I went home and I asked my mom and my dad, and I said, why did you name me that? And they said, we didn't name you that. We came <laughs> here, you had a Chinese name. And, and what was the Chinese name? My Chinese name was Chen Bixin, is Chen Bixin. So if you translate it, it's Chen is my family name, and Bixin, it's New Jade, or Jade New. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, you know, the new Jade was a little bit overboard. So I thought, I'll just go with Jade. That's really what my name is, if you translate it. And so I said, well, I'm going to call myself Jade. And that is why I feel more authentic with the name Jade than Fanny, because who was that stranger that named me that? That was so unfair. What was right. up with that? And Jade is just basically the English translation of your actual name. Of my Chinese, my birth name. So I like it. I appreciate it when people call me Jade because it feels like you you honor me by calling me my birth name instead of some name that some immigration officer 
decided to name me. So, um, so with that, uh, we became great friends and Peter Pitt had given me a lot of advice throughout the years of me performing. And I remember looking back, the Chinese act had half the amount of magic when I first started. And at the end, after three years of going back and forth multiple times, I doubled the amount of magic that I did in the same amount of music. It's the same music that I used, but I didn't perform to the beats of the music. It was just background noise until I worked with, uh, oh my God, bird guy. Amos. Amos Lefkovich. We were on tour and he says, you know, maybe you should listen to the music. You hear this music where the music builds? That's where the water should show for the rice bowls. And uh, the crescendo with the snow. And so I listened to him and I, that's how it all came together. And that's how I figured why Cirque du Soleil is such a success. It's, it's the perfect combination of the music, the movement, the lighting, the whole story, everything has to be perfectly fit together to make it perfect. And with me listening to my music and moving to it, it made my act so much better. So thank you, Amos. Yeah. And we, you mentioned your music. Um, I heard there's a very, because we're there's, I think there's a trend of serendipity in that your house uh, was, uh, was bought from somebody that you happen to know, but the music also that you've been using this whole time, uh, you kind of just discovered, right? I did. I went to a, a record store, secondhand record store, looking for. I bought so much music, unknown. I was like, "Oh, it's Chinesey. Yeah, I'll buy it. I don't know. I'll bring it home. I'll play it." So this one happens to be a Chinese LP. Those LPs. Remember LPs? Oh my god. <laughs> um, I played it on my record player, and I recorded it onto a cassette. <laughs> And it was perfect. So I used that for the longest time working at the Magic Castle. It was with a cassette. Um, after a while, they said, you know, maybe you should transfer it onto a CD. Right. <laughs> so I did. Um, and and it's, I, it's the same music I've been using ever since. It's been very serendipitous. The whole thing, the, my whole career path has been serendipitous, I think. I think your costume too, the, uh, the one that you ended up landing on is also like a, an interesting journey. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that came from Corey Pollock, Channing Pollock's wife. Um, that red dress was in a trunk that she had in her house. And she said, um, hey, if you're looking for costumes, there's a whole trunk full of Chinese costumes if you want to <laughs> take a look at them. So I tried them all and this red dress was the exact same size for me. Whoever wore that before me was my size exactly. So it was meant to be, again. So that was my first, that was my second outfit. The first one was um, a Japanese kimono because I went to Chinatown. <laughs> I, I thought, okay, I wanna do this act, but I need a costume. Uh, I'm going to go to Chinatown and look for a Chinese costume. I couldn't find one that looked right or felt right, but I saw this beautiful wedding Japanese kimono. And of course I had to buy it. I bought it. And uh, when I started performing with it, now when I practiced, I didn't have the jacket on. I just did my moves. Everything was great. Then I went to perform. 
the long sleeves were starting to knock things over on my table. <laughs> and I realized, oh my God, what was I thinking? Not a good idea. So I um, dropped that and Corey said, you want a, an outfit? That fit me, 200 bucks. That red, that's red silk with hand-sewn sequins and beads. I try to duplicate that. I sent it to the Shanghai um, Opera uh, Company over in Shanghai multiple times, three times. They couldn't, they couldn't duplicate it because they don't do the hand doing hand sewing anymore. It's all machine sewing. So the quality wasn't there, and it was so disappointing. I gave up after three tries. I feel like there's a couple of props in my act that I wish I bought duplicates of because then you you try to source it after this becomes the thing you rely on. And you're like, oh, no, I have the only one. I know. I know. I know. But it was lucky because uh, so now I wear a blue outfit that I also bought when I was in, in China. I, I don't know. Beijing, Shanghai, could have been Shanghai. And um, so I, I have two of those. Right. Oh, hey, you are so together. <laughs> so that costume came from China and I just um, put extra little sparkly things on it to make it stand out. So that was good. And one of the things that's interesting, I mean, your act is obviously authentically Chinese. You are Chinese. Um, and and some of the tricks were essentially white magicians adding an Asian flavor to their tricks, the snowstorm in China, uh, but then you reclaiming it and making it part of your authentic identity. What, I mean, how do you feel about some of these magicians who are Asian inspired, who are not actually Asian? Uh, now, I would say um, they should find something else to do. <laughs> um, and I have to tell you, the reason I put together my Chinese act in the first place was because a friend of mine, another Chinese friend, and I were assisting a Caucasian magician doing a Chinese act. And he had to draw his eyes. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. So that's when I thought, hey, I'm Chinese. I, I could do that without drawing my eyes. <laughs> I'm authentic. Right. So, it would be an actual reflection of who you are. Yeah, exactly. Which all art um, should be. Exactly. And. And so that's why I went in that direction of saying, I'm going to be authentic to myself, my culture. And, and on top of everything else, you have to know, because as an immigrant, it's very common for us to reject our culture, to try to assimilate into the new culture and make our culture non-existent. We embrace the new one to exist, to live, to assimilate as quickly as possible. So for the longest time, I rejected my culture. I didn't want to be Chinese. I didn't want to sound Chinese. So when I was young, I, I tried to learn my English with no accent because I didn't want to be prejudiced against. Um, so I worked really, really hard through all of that. And it wasn't until I had to put an act together, I thought I'm going to be a, a Chinese person doing a Chinese act. I had to embrace my culture again. And so I had to come back around to say, it's okay. It's okay that I'm Chinese. It's okay that um, my culture is okay and accepted. So I'm very thankful for that as well. And you were doing a silent act. So there, were there people who came backstage who just assumed you didn't speak English? 
<laughs> all the time, <laughs> all the time. And so, yeah, uh, one time at the Magic Castle, well, not one time, I'm sorry, just one particular time. I don't know why it was so, mm, it stood out so much because the person came out and said, oh, hello. <laughs> I really liked your show. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. I got to go set up. I actually have a story. Um, I spoke to uh, a good friend of yours, Chris Raymond, um, and he mentioned that the first time he met you, he'd been touring with uh, Chinese acrobats as part of Mark Wilson's show, a show that you also toured with. So he knew a little bit of Chinese. So when he first met you, he evidently said he, he was struggling to speak to you in Chinese. You you sort of spoke back to him. Um, and then later on, you I think you popped in to say, uh, where's the soda machine in perfect English? And that's when he realized he was being an idiot. <laughs> you know, I can't remember that. Is that what happened? Oh my God, that is hilarious. <laughs> now that I'm listening to it. And that happens a lot. That happens a lot. Well, because of my, because of my act. It was so authentic and so shy. Yeah. Well, one of the he said uh, you guys used it to your advantage at one point because um, you were in Wisconsin touring with Mark Wilson's show, and uh, you wa he wanted to use one of his routines, um, but he didn't know if he had time to teach it to you. Um, so, I, uh, do, if you can tell everybody the story, I think it's uh, amazing. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, it's twofold. One, I didn't have time to learn it. And two, we needed to stretch our time on stage. <laughs> yeah, according to him, you guys drove in in a van and they were expecting like trucks. They were expecting the full thing and there was some miscommunication. So you guys were like, oh God, we have to put together a show with a, a giant show with the, tiny, with the tiny stuff that we have. That's right. So, so Chris and I decided that we were, he was going to pretend he understood Chinese. So we would go... So I don't know if he told you, but it was for a rodeo. <laughs> no, he did not tell me that detail. The stage is the middle of this dirt ground. <laughs> and the people are like way far back on the stands, right? And um, I would stand there and I would speak Chinese to him and then he would translate it to the audience. <laughs> I hope Mark's not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> And um, Mark and Nani. Uh, so what happened was then we would, what would have been like a two minute routine became like 10 minutes because he had to translate and explain and then tell me what I needed to do. And I would ex speak in Chinese and then he would have to explain back to the audience. So that two minute bit became 10 minutes and we did. And I remember afterwards. What were you actually telling him? Because he was just doing the script. But what, what, what words were you using? He had his own script. He had absolutely no idea what I was saying. <laughs> we're in Wisconsin. Like, how many Chinese people are there? <laughs> right. You could have said anything. You'd be like, look at this white guy. This is crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I could have said anything. He has no underwear on. Whatever. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, heard, I heard there was a point where uh, you said uh, a few words. Uh, you said a lot of words. Uh, but all he needed you to say was uh, sign the bill. So you did a very long monologue. And he said, I think that means uh, sign this bill. That's hilarious. 
It's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out to Chris Raymond, by the way. Uh, he couldn't be with us, but I want to plug him. ChrisRaymond.com, fantastic mentalist based out of Nashville. Um, so uh, you're, you're touring with, uh, with the act. Uh, I have actually, this is the linking ring from the IBM um, announcing uh, your win. There's a little picture of you over here. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's pretty great. It gave me a little bit of chills reading it. Um, International huh. President Tony Shelley, again, extended welcome and recognized uh, a medal and a $1,000 cash award went to Fanny uh, Shin for her magic of Jade. With the announcement, the audience roared its approval. Uh, and it also mentioned uh, when you performed uh, the, the petite young lady dressed in lovely oriental costume presented magic with silk and liquids. Uh, the classic rice bowl took a newness in her hands. Uh, but the most important part is uh, she captured the heart of the audience. She was accorded a standing ovation for the delight she presented. Wow. wow. Which is pretty amazing. So did you know once... Once you got this innovation that you, you, you might be the winner? No, 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 absolutely not. I just thought, oh, okay. Because I really entered the IBM just to see where I stood with my peers. So it was a big surprise. Yeah. And you were the first woman uh, and, and the only woman to win the IBM gold medal. Um, and one of the quotes that actually uh, you said, this was back in 1995. Um, and this was uh, in, in an article that Eugene Berger put out called uh, Beginner's Corner. You uh, had some really great tips. I highly recommend people dig through the archives and, uh, and find it. Um, but you said, uh, ladies, we are creating the new wave in the world of magic. Undoubtedly, there will be some rough water ahead. But if you just hang on tight, I think you'll find it to be the ride of your life. So the question is, this was 25 years ago. Have the water smoothed a little bit for women in magic? Or are they still just as choppy as they were back then? I think that it's a little smoother. It's a little bit more acceptable. And um, I think the men are becoming more aware that we are present and um, we require respect. Yeah, when I do my lecture, I always say, there would be more women in magic if you guys were all not so creepy. <laughs> very easy fix. Be less creepy, and it will be a lot, a lot very helpful. I also, love your lecture, by the way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, yeah. But I, I, I do think, first of all, you've been a trendsetter, um, you, and you've been uh, somebody that really set the path for so many uh, who came after you. Um, I think one of the interesting things, like I, I have my feet in comedy and in magic, um, and I mentioned this uh, uh, before, but. When you say name a famous female comedian, the the non-comedian just lay audience can name a million female comedians. When you say name a famous female magician, uh, they're they're stumped. Yeah. Uh, why is that? And what can we do to? What are the things that we can all do to 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 fix that? I think you know the more presence we have in in the media, now that we have social media, I think there is more presence. You can't stop it. And it's not governed by men. It's whoever wants to get on can get on. Uh, my husband, Matthew had shown me a TikTok uh, video of this young, beautiful lady doing magic, like quick one minute magic pieces. And she was really good. And I thought, good for her. This is it. We're breaking it. We're breaking the, 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 the ceiling. I think it's been there for the longest time because it is a man's world in, in magic. We are a small percentage of the whole sea of male magicians. But the more that we see our presence 
among the magicians. And I appreciate you saying, don't say female magician particularly. Right. Uh, thank you. Yeah, a female doctor. Like, Nobody goes, oh, I have a great lady doctor. You'd be like, you yeah. mean a doctor? You have a great doctor? Exactly. I loved it when you said it. Right. And and be, maybe it's because there aren't enough of us. And so the distinction of being female or lady is required before uh, you say uh, the name of the magician, I guess. I don't know. I, I think it's just getting used to it and getting to see more of us out there. I think it's happening slowly but surely. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that you said, um, which I think is uh, really interesting and great, you said use your. This was to. This was uh, addressed to the ladies uh, in your in the Eugene Berger article. You said use your uniqueness, your femininity, to that maximum advantage. Trying to be one of the guys is not taking full advantage of your natural talents. Uh, and then you said consider the other notable attributes of being a female. I think that's really empowering and interesting. Yes, I I know my beginning, in the beginning of my magic career, of course, I wore a tuxedo, a cummerbund, a bow tie, tails. What the hell? Who is that? <laughs> um, and it's so unnecessary. So I'm so glad that we can break it and uh, we can do it with class. That's my idea. Yeah, and by the way, this is uh, related to your award win. Oscar uh, Munez, who is uh, part of the IBM, um, said the gold medal is worth $5,000, so they owe you $4,000. I, I uh, what? just letting you know. I, <laughs> I'm entering the magic competition. When is it next? <laughs> uh, one of, uh, oh, so this is, we're talking about using your uniqueness and your femininity. You uh, might be the only magician to ever utilize uh, an unborn fetus in magic. Um, you invented a trick called Womb Miracle. It was published in Genie. Um, and uh, I, I would rather you tell it than me tell it because this is your invention. Uh, it's amazing. All right. So I was eight months pregnant. And this guy said, I'm looking for a magician. Uh, we would lo love to have you at our... Um, uh, he put out a, a coffee book and he wanted a magician there. And I said, uh, that's great, except I'm eight months pregnant. And he said, that's perfect. I said, are you sure? Yes, please come. You would be a terrific addition to the party. I show up, nice house. I'm huge. And um, I thought, well, I really should address my belly instead of, he'll pick a card. You know, like it doesn't exist. No, I, I'm just going to talk about my belly here. So I, I did a trick where uh, somebody picked a card and we shuffled it and then they would hold on to it. And as soon they would put down a card one at a time onto the table. I said, my baby, my unborn child has been practicing. I've been training her to know when your card is placed down. So if if you feel a kick, I had them put their hand on my belly. If you feel a kick, <laughs> I want you to stop because that's going to be your card. And sure enough, there's a kick. And it's like, there's a kick. I said, okay, turn that card over. That's their chosen card. And I thought that was brilliant. And the baby was kicking then. 
So it was the perfect timing and um, it was really fun to put out. And I thought there's one trick that no other male magician can do except for a woman. And uh, for those who are who are watching it, unclear on the method, um, there is there is something involved here. You're not uh, this. This is not some weird uh, supernatural uh, control of a, of a baby. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. You, you invented sure. a really awesome uh, thing. I, I encourage people to find it. Um, <laughs> but also, what's funny too is like uh, I believe that uh, that was your daughter, um, and she has no interest in magic now that she's born and alive. Zero. Zero. <laughs> Not interested, but she is interested in theater. So close. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I love that she did more magic before she was born than any time since. <laughs> I will tell her that. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I've been delving into your, your, your journey. And uh, one of the things that uh, Chris had mentioned, I mentioned Chris earlier, is that you guys were on an American Hawaiian cruise together. Uh, mm -hmm. You guys were cruising in one of the first domestic cruises. Um, and uh, you encountered a bunch of uh, Hawaiian magicians. I know uh, recently you did the Hawaiian Magic Festival. Yeah. Um, how, how did you come to be performing uh, on the islands? Uh, you mean recently? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, what was that? What was happening? Ah, uh, yes. We were vacationing in Maui, and Curtis Cam says, Hey, we're over in uh, Oahu, so it's so close. You can just fly over. <laughs> I'm on vacation. It's okay. You can still fly over. It's less than an hour. And I thought, oh, all right, fine. I can mix the two together, work and play. And so I managed to do that um, and had a great time uh, with all the uh, Hawaiian magicians. It was the best time. Really heart heartwarming, real people with no BS. Um, really appreciate that. And, and, our, and you, Curtis, is that before, after you got, I think you guys did a Peller show together, right? We did do a show together. Oh, this is, we did a Palace show, I think after. I think after that. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, did we do that before or after? I can't remember. You know, what, you, you know what? If you can't remember, I will help you out. Uh, let's ask Curtis Cam himself, <laughs> coming you from Hawaii. Oh, aloha. <laughs> Curtis Cam, everybody, looking great. That pin looks fantastic. <laughs> I have this on all my shirts. <laughs> Curtis, when was this? Uh, when was this Peller show? I, I know uh, you guys uh, worked together and, and, and rated your acts. I, I heard it was amazing. Well, the um, uh, the IBM show in Hawaii was two thousand eighteen, so Peller must have been before that. Before that, okay, yeah. okay, that year, I think, actually. Do you remember when that was? Like three years ago, two years? Oh. Yeah, I think Peller was was the same year, so it would have been after that. Oh, really? Yeah, Peller was like in August or something. Oh, and then we went out in December. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. And I heard, I heard uh, there. There's a couple of stories. Uh, one of them involved uh, some technology, Curtis, in in the Peller show. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the Peller show. Um, uh, uh, it, you know, the Peller only runs from Thursday through the weekend. And so uh, you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to write the show and rehearse it. That's kind of the way we were talking about it. So uh, we uh, and, and I, I was doing this trick, which um, when it, uh, it relies on a piece of technology that you can actually buy at the Apple store. <laughs> and uh, 
in the three days before we did the show, I convinced Jade to do the necessary work backstage, which uh, is is actually not easy. But, um, you know, with a little bit of practice, you can get it to happen, you know. Um, <laughs> and, and we run through it and she does it and it's great. And she's a little nervous about it but because, you know, just like I, you know, anytime uh, I'll do my own act and I'll take my own risks. But if someone else is counting on me to do something, it's like major pressure. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then in between the time that uh, we rehearsed it and the time we started our run with the Peller, uh, Apple decided to stop carrying that product. In the <laughs> and that is they, terrible timing. Yeah. And they released an update. Damn you, Steve Jobs. <laughs> and they released an update, Ooh. which automatically updated. Uh, which changed the software. So it wasn't as good as it used to be. And it was hard to use. And uh, we didn't know that. And uh, so um, I'm doing the show and I'm counting on her to do this thing. And sometimes it happened and sometimes it didn't. Uh, um, but oh. back, at, back after the show and she would be a wreck. Uh, sometimes. I hated that. I hated that it didn't go well. And, and we didn't know why until afterwards. I so stressful because I felt like I failed you. It's really <laughs> bad. I hate that. I, I've been the uh, the the confederate uh, slash assistant uh, uh, from time to time, and it's always I'm more nervous doing that than just being on stage. Oh yeah, I'm always like if I screw up, I can figure my way out around it, but I never want to screw up somebody else's act. Exactly, I it know. terrifies me. Uh, but on the relaxing side, I heard uh, you had a, a fruit-based journey on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, so so during the time when we didn't know that things were going to screw up. Jane knows the story. I can, I can tell Jane immediately knows this story. <laughs> okay, so so like Jane is like this fruit person. People <laughs> uh, uh, who see my act have said the same thing about me. <laughs> <laughs> But this is literal. And <laughs> we're walking along Hollywood Boulevard, and uh, I, I look down, and there is there are starfruit on the ground, which is not something you normally expect to see in California. And I don't even know if everybody knows what starfruit are, but uh, uh, they're this. Um, it's a it's a it's a green fruit that's got like fingers. It's a, it, from the end. It's a star shape, and that's why they call it starfruit. And it's, uh, you know, Jay's really into this thing. and But they're on the ground. And we're thinking, okay, thinking, well, that's odd to see all of this. And she's thinking, I'm going to get some of these. <laughs> and and we, go, we go around the corner. There's an open door and it's a gate. And it's a, um, like an abandoned uh, motel or something. And and we're looking around for someone. It's not like the beginning of a scary movie. <laughs> And, and exactly. Who dare take the fruit? And at least I was looking for someone in charge. I think Jade was already in the tree. She was going to the tree to, to I'm climbing, grabbing fruit out of this tree. And we all of us, I can't find anybody. So we, I'm going to, and I go over to the tree. And then some guy comes walking out, and um, he turns out to be like a Buddhist monk who is working in this deserted motel. Uh, um, and he's asking us what we're doing, and I'm trying to think of a plausible story. And 
<laughs> he just, just tells him, no, no, I just want your fruit. <laughs> and, uh, that's kind of the way we were on stage. I mean, she's like just, just kind of friendly and honest, and she just asks for stuff. And I'm always trying to be a little more sneaky. Um, <laughs> it's your profession. <laughs> so, yeah. So, he, he, I don't know. Did he, he gave us some. He uh, did. Only after he lectured me in Chinese about <laughs> how my life should be lived. Oh, my God. It was painful. Like 20 minutes. It wasn't 15. It was 20 minutes of, you know, how you need to live your life. And this is the way to be have a fruitful life and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, just give me the fruit. <laughs> was the fruit good? So, like, I, what I mean is, was it worth it? It was really good. It was really ah, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those things where you get a free hotel room if you listen to a pitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it was. Uh, and Curtis, you, we were talking before, and you mentioned um, uh, Jade being one of the more normal friends, uh, or uh, and being a normal person. Yeah, uh, that's for you to to go more into detail about that. Uh, you know, that story aside, um, the uh, uh, yeah, we were talking about uh, things that people might be interested in hearing, but really the problem is that off stage, um, Jade is like really normal. And I think that's kind of like what she likes in magicians is that they're actually it's a rare trait, by the way, that you gotta really dig to find the normies. Normal. Yeah. So it's amazing that she has so many friends in magic because uh, they're not all that many normal people. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my makeup is smearing. Thank you. <laughs> Curtis, thank you so much for joining and sharing. Uh, speaking of all the friends she has, I have a, I've, I might have. Uh, some more maybe yeah uh, but you can follow uh curtis's website is curtiscam.com he has a ton of great uh books and products and all sorts of stuff so you should follow him he's an incredible incredible magician uh so you definitely make sure you check him out curtis thank you so much for joining us thank you harrison thank you jade have a good thank time you, Curtis. oh my god i love curtis so much oh my uh, god oh my god also i got we're, we're speaking of uh you know being on the cruises hawaii you have all the water um, I was sent uh, a photo um, of you uh, on a very a much smaller ship than a cruise ship. Um, if you could tell us a little bit about what's going on in here. Oh, the rowboat, the kayaking. So our friend Jay Alexander has a houseboat in, San, uh, in Sausalito. Um, and he has kayaks that he lets us ride out in. And this was the first time, it was last weekend, my husband and I decided to go kayaking out in the in the bay near Sausalito. It was amazing because the water was quite calm and um, we kayaked over to a house that had um, a duo, a, a guy playing a, a musical instrument and the guy singing and it was the best. It was like Venice <laughs> and right in my backyard. So it was great. And uh, as you mentioned, Jake Scott Alexander, uh, Jay, Jay uh, Alexander, um, was uh, taking that photo, was with you. Uh, I remember him because as a kid, I had this CD, uh, oh. the Pradarban Learn the Art of Magic, which Alexander, which I I still have somewhere in my childhood bedroom. And I, I, I would watch religiously, show all of the tricks. Um, but uh, this, this we, why, why have just a photo of Jay Alexander when we could have Jay Alexander himself from his oh. house boat in the sea. 
Give it up for Jay Alexander, everybody. Hello. <laughs> hey, Jade. Hi. <laughs> How's it going, Jay? Going great. And first off, I can't believe you had my CD-ROM, which oh I love God. that you did. 12-year-old Harrison is losing his mind right now. Oh, God. <laughs> which is always so funny when people say that to me because I just really when I made it. So it's always like, wait, you're the same age as me. What are you talking about? But <laughs> I was older than you, but it no, always I, is strange I, when I people say that. Convention. I think it was Magic Live, and I, was t I forget who I was talking to. But all I do remember is you were coming down the escalator and somebody goes, oh my God, that's the CD guy. And it was like the Beatles. He lost his mind. I was like, go talk to him. <laughs> you can say hi to him. And he's like, I don't know if I can. And he was terrified because he was so starstruck. Oh my God. That is so funny. That's so great. Yeah, uh, people don't realize it in the magic world, but it's it was one of like the biggest magic items for a long time just because we, we had sold, or they sold, 100,000 units of it. And so um, it's kind of amazing to me when I hear people that do say that. I was, I was in an airport in Germany, and this guy comes up to me, fully tattooed, kind of this guy, and he, he walks up to me and he goes, are, are you a magician? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, Jay? And I'm like, yeah. And it was such a strange thing. And he's like, when, and I'm looking at him thinking, you are the same age as I am. Because when I was a kid, and I'm like, now I feel so old. But, uh, <laughs> well, uh, Jay so. and Jade are not too far off um, in, in name. Um, but how did you first meet Jade? I, and I, I believe your friendship goes back a really long time, right? 25, 27 years. You know, Jade, I, I have no clue where I first met. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I said I wasn't even born. I was. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I was. It, we worked at the same magic shop, but at a different place time. Um, I worked right after she st worked, stopped working at the World of the Unexplained Magic Shop. I got a job there. And then, um, I, I don't know if you met through Lisa Minna, or I imagine, but I don't remember the first time I ever met. I feel like I knew you always. I think it was through Lisa. She's, yeah. I think she mentioned you and said, ah, you know, I uh, would bring us all together. I'm sure that's how we met up. Right. And that's from it's, the Fox City... Um, magic uh, festival that Jay puts together. Yeah, I do. I, Christian Cadigal and I put together, but yes, oh, it's, um, too, right? Christian, by it's, the way, is in the house, uh, a shout out to Christian and he's, he's sending claps. Uh, there you go. Yes. It's, um, but yeah, so the magic festival is a the festival that, um, Christian and I produce every year in San Francisco with the idea of just wanting to get magic out. The first reason we did it was, People think of San Francisco or New York or some of these other cities, or not San Francisco, LA or New York as the magic cities. And we have a lot of incredible magicians in San Francisco. So we thought, let's start doing something that kind of showcases everybody and and puts it, puts us all out there. And so we started producing this uh, the festival, and dates one of the stars, you know, three, four times in the, uh, I think of the five times we've done it. Maybe every time. I'm not, I think you've been part of almost every one. Everyone. Yeah. And so she's uh, an honor. Yeah. And I have I dug up this picture. Uh uh, what's happening here? I see Jay, I see Jade. Uh, I think that's Nick Lewin. Yeah. Yes, Nick Lewin and um Glenn Micheletti and Raphael Benatar. And I think that was at my old house. Um we had a point Nick Lewin was in town, just had a barbecue for Nick Lewin. And um 
And Raphael just happened to be in town. So that, I think that's what that was from. And Raphael's also a close friend, right, Jade? I think he stayed at your house a couple times. Did you get him on the... Of course I did. Let's hope you put the camera on. He's coming to you all the way from Spain. It's like one o'clock or two o'clock in the oh morning. There he is. Raphael, oh, everybody. Raphael. Just happened oh, to be passing by. Oh, fantastic. Hello. Hey. Long time no hey. see. Yeah, great to see you. Yeah. yeah. Looks like we're in one of those gatherings together with Jay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good to see you, Raphael. Hi. And Raphael, I hear every time you're in town, you stay with Jay. What is that like staying with Jay and her family? It's nice because we don't we don't make uh, any special plan. We we I just join in the family. It's great with with Matthew and the kids, Ethan and Tessa, and 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 we just. Just go along with life. We go do the shopping, eat Chinese for real. <laughs> <laughs> By Jade, I hear Jade does the cooking, and she she's an incredible cook, is what I've heard from multiple people. Really? Yeah. Yeah, she, she's incredible. I can, is my information bad. <laughs> I, I, I can I can be a, I can be a good chopper when they need me. <laughs> Raphael is actually a very good cook as well, so he's always a welcome guest. <laughs> yeah, actually, this is Raphael outside of a restaurant called Jade's, unconnected. <laughs> what? Did you send me yeah. that photo? I love that. Oh, the restaurant I opened last week. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's coming too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Raphael, this is a, a fun picture. Also, what, what is going on in, in this photo? <laughs> oh my God! Oh, that that was in San Jose, right? At your brother's house. I uh, think I was working in Martinez, and you were going there, and uh, we make it happen. We had a, an amazing Chinese dinner for real, and it was so much fun to meet the whole family. That that's Jay's mother, and the yeah, right there uh, next to her. Yes, it was so much fun, and and then then later I I made an animation with that picture and another I had of, of another take of the same where it looks like people look a little more and put some Chinese music to it. I did like a like a slideshow with two slides only. That picture I know. I, I got a bit of knowledge out of just two pictures. It was very amazing. And one of the things I noticed, Jay, um, Jay and Jay uh, uh, and Raphael flew into this, but there seems to be this like very strong San Francisco magic community, uh, and also one that uh, is very welcoming to magicians like Raphael coming all the way over from Spain. Is that a, a good read? I'd say so. Don't you think, Jay? I think we have an incredibly strong community here. Um, where I think there's other places that have a lot more magicians. I think there's a lot of there's a, first off there's a lot of magicians here. But everyone's really willing to help each other out and make each other better. It's, um, you know, I don't, I don't think any of us really think of each other as competition as much as the further Jade goes, the further I'm going to go, and vice versa. Yeah, it's just, that's really nice. And so, and I don't think I see that in many other cities, but, you know, this is the only one I live in. But yeah. when I travel and talk to other people, it seems yeah. like there's a lot more of competition and everyone feeling like they're, you know that it's that they are competition, and it's like no, I, I want my friends to succeed, and if give me their bad work, you know, and I'll give them 
And also, yeah. that you get to the next level. Let me have your crap gigs. Just give me gigs. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but I want to plug your theater because you have a theater in San Francisco. It's the Magic Theater, San Francisco Magic Theater.com. Beautiful. Um, I've been there. And I believe you do Thank over you, 400 Rafael. shows. I mean, probably not recently, but in other times, over 400 shows. Up until, yeah, up until the pandemic, did 400 shows a year there. Um, two shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and one show Sunday. And then we do a couple private shows throughout the week as well. So it was a lot going from nonstop work to to the ground. Uh, and I also want to plug Raphael as well. Raphael is doing uh, some Zoom shows. He's doing a lot of really uh, amazing content. Um, so go to his website, raphaelbenatar.wix.com slash magic. Make sure you check out Raphael Benatar as well. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining. Uh, Raphael is all the way. We, we actually have, this is the biggest spread. Um, uh, uh, Curtis, wave if it's okay for me to put you on camera. Okay, he's, he's buttoning up his shirt. Uh, <laughs> this is why it's good to have the sneak preview. Um, this, was, this is uh, this is how you know I've been doing it long enough. Uh, let's bring Curtis back because Curtis is uh, it's one p.m. in Hawaii, or it's close to two p.m. in Hawaii now, and two a.m. in Spain. So we have a twelve-hour spread of time zones. We are the international brotherhood. Yeah. That's right. Oh, <laughs> and also, by the way, Curtis, uh, somebody made a very smart comment, which was they were talking about the technical issues with one of your tricks, and said Jade should have bought uh, her daughter who is a more reliable product when it comes to magic. <laughs> Before she's born, uh, it's a more reliable uh, uh, method. <laughs> um, but guys, thank you so much for joining. I really, really appreciate it. Um, oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you me, yeah. And you guys are all incredible performers. Mwah. All right, thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you. Oh my gosh, a huge thanks to Curtis, to uh, Raphael, and of course to Jay. Uh, and we were talking about your cooking a little bit. Um, the food that you make. I know at least one other person who has sampled your cooking and I'd like to bring her on as our final surprise guest. Uh, she's somebody who uh, I love to death. I am always honored that I, uh, we uh, that she's a good friend of mine. Uh, super talented. It's Carissa Hendricks, everybody. Hi, Carissa. Wow, your hair is so long now. Oh, I, yes, you can tell we've been in quarantine exactly this long. That's <laughs> that's how much we've been in quarantine. <laughs> Y'all just sitting around growing hair. That's what I'm doing these days. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm so good. I miss you so much. You too. It is painful. Where are you now? I'm in Edmonton with my friend Miranda Allen and Richard Lee. So it's like a three performers and we like grew a garden or making kombucha and have yeast. Like we're, we've just fully hippied. We're completely hippied. you're not in Brooklyn. Are you sure you're in Canada? That sounds very much like you're in Brooklyn right now. I brought Brooklyn to Edmonton. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and we, we, we briefly mentioned Jade's cooking. I believe you have a story about it. Yeah. So I, uh, Jade and I met doing the Women in Magic run at the Chicago Magic Lounge. And uh, Jade and myself and Alba became just like super close so quickly. It was the fastest I've ever bonded with any people in my entire life. That's us at the uh, Contem Chicago Contemporary Art Institute, I think. Yeah. And we just, we just had such a good time. And so a few months later, I was going to do this show for the Oakland Magic Group. 
And I thought, and Jay and I have been chatting. I was like, well, why don't I fly out early and stay late and just hang out with you? So I fly in. Jade picks me up at the airport. She carries all my luggage upstairs, just making dinner. And she made this, like, you have that magic machine that cooks food, like the Brussels sprouts. Brava. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was so good. And so I ate. But I, I'm like a little person and I hadn't eaten all day until I ate so much that like later that night at two in the morning. <laughs> I threw up. So I'm like, I'm super Canadian and, and her house is beautiful and I'm a guest and your children are there. And so I'm like trying to throw up quietly. Well, yeah, I told you the next morning, then you like drove me to get ginger ale. So we, but we didn't know if it was like the flu or what oh, it ended no. up just been, I, I overstuffed my face. And then, so we drove to the gig and then remember, I was so delirious the next morning. I'd forgotten my shoes. Remember, <laughs> Great story. Tell the story. So, okay, so I, so Jade is like, she's loaded me up on like ginger ale and granola. Cause I have a show that night. I'm doing an hour for this stupid show but they had requested what i refer to as the mary poppins lucy darling show which is where i like strip back some of the sexiness so i i brought my gold dress which is like a long floor length dress and i had forgotten the if shoes only you had delayed the throwing up until the show that really would have undermined the sexiness right so so the shoes like live with the blue dress like the pam thompson dress so I just didn't think about it because it was so like delirious the next morning from like three hours of throw up. <laughs> so we drive and you don't live, you know, it's quite a drive. So we get out there, we load up in the show. I'm unpacking. I build my, my set. Everything is ready to go. And I realized we forgot my shoes. So, so Jade is Googling shoes and all we can find is this like shop for strip clubs. Like that's it. <laughs> And so we drive there and all they have is like drag queen heels and like eight inch clear pumps. And we're okay, well, that's not going to work. So I think we ended up going and buying these tan socks, which I still have. And I put on these little tan socks so that I didn't at least have toes peeking out in my dress. And I, and I sort of crouched the whole show. So my dress would cover my feet and I did the whole show barefoot. I did an hour like, and still pale from the night before. I'm like, a oh. little delirious. You were brilliant. You <laughs> never would have known she was sick of a dog the night before, honestly. It was so funny. It was so, but I just love, like, no matter what happened, Jade was always in problem solving mode. She's like, you're not feeling well? No problem. We're getting ginger ale. You have no shoes? I'm Googling stuff. Get in the car. Like, it was, like, there was no time between, like, problem is identified and solution. It was just pro solution. Like, it just... <laughs> <laughs> It was so fun. Oh god. But that's how you work. That's well, yeah, that's also how I work. I just don't expect other people to like be even faster than <laughs> like, wow, I haven't even caught up to where you are. My goodness. But it was it was so nice. And like the next day we just hung out and we went to your friend's house where he's got like oh. a, a shrine to Greg Angel. Yes. Yeah. So cool. And by then I was fine and I had learned to, you know, eat slow, even though it's delicious. <laughs> I ate like that was my last meal. I don't know why I did that. Because <laughs> the pasta machine is amazing. But also you had cooked it like the, the machine only cooks in like small batches. Yes. So you don't notice that you've eaten a whole batch and then you <laughs> ate a whole nother batch. Like you just, I just kept eating over six hours. 
all this food. It's a six card repeat, but with your stomach. Ah. And with Brussels sprouts. That's right. <laughs> Brussels sprouts, yeah. And the first yeah. time you guys met, you guys were working together. That was the Chicago Magic Lounge. Uh, what was it like meeting Jay? Because I know I was a little bit nervous meeting Jay. She's a legend. What What is that like? It, w it was terrifying. I'm so happy I had a few, like I had some notice. Oh my God, that show was so amazing. So the Chicago Magic Lounge did this Women in Magic show. It had sold out a month in advance. And this is the first year the Magic Lounge is around. And it's, you know, Jada, myself and Alba and Paige Thompson and uh, Joan Decor and uh, Jeanette Andrews and Jan Rose and just like everybody. It's amazing. It's like an amazing team. And uh, and I'm I'm like oh I gotta open for Jade and so I'm like what it's gonna be my life and all I knew about Jade was that she was super super talented but then sometimes people would be like she's very specific and typically like people call me very specific but that means I'm a jerk so <laughs> I was like okay so Elba hadn't met her either I've got no information and Jade comes in and she's talking to the lighting guy and she's like I need a warm wash. And this is like, this, I, we haven't even introduced ourselves to Jade yet. She's like, I need a warm wash. And he goes, I don't think we can do that. And she goes, I can see you can do it. You can do it. And he, he went, I don't, I don't know. And she's like, just do it. All I'm asking for is a warm wash. And so he goes upstairs and he creates a warm wash. And then he's like, what do you guys want? We're like, we, we'd like the warm wash, please. <laughs> and like the lounge had never had a warm wash before that moment. And, and then, and then like, as soon as the tech part had been done, Jade turned to us and was like, so what are we doing? And I'm like, wow, this is not at all what I expected. I expected like very, you know, cause your act is so precise and like, <laughs> like specific and, you know, perfect. And then you're just this like flamboyant, like generous, <laughs> like easygoing person. And then for the rest of the week, the three of us just like raised hell. And then do you remember when we went to the improv show? <laughs> so there, there are three lady improvisers on stage. And that we're in the audience with Ben Barnes and we're already like, I think maybe I was the only one that was drinking, but I'm at least, I'm having a good time. <laughs> I don't care because I'm with my lady. Another way to see improv, by the way, other than drunk. I think that's, that's the so yes and. As soon as you offer you a drink, you have to be like, yes and. Right? It was so great. I know we're going to go for like the fancy pizza afterwards. I'm very food motivated. So it's like, yes. <laughs> This is going to be great. And so the lady improvisers come on stage, the three of them, and they go, all right, we're going to do a scene. Give us a profession. And like that, I just go, magician. <laughs> <laughs> so there are now three lady magicians in the audience. And there are now three very talented female improvisers on stage doing an act, doing like, a, this is this is the craziest thing we can think of. That would be a lady in the mat. And it's so accurate. The craziest so thing they could think of was just like our exact lives. <laughs> it was shocking it was so you know oh, i remember God. for three weeks after that i was like they they genuine i bet those people genuinely thought like we are imagining the craziest possible scenario and we're like no it's, no it was tuesday <laughs> you think they were just taking issues that they had as as females in improv and just immediately applying them to magic <laughs> Yeah, all except for the girl who had the dead rabbit. Remember that she was like petting a rabbit the whole scene, and then at the end she was like, "This is, this died a while ago." Like it was. <laughs> I love that. That was so great. <laughs> so great. I had such a good time with you. It was it was such a great week, and especially because I tour a lot, I don't get a chance to like do major bonding. So it was so nice to just be like, "This is this is my life now. These are my ladies." <laughs> oh, it was so. Um, it was an amazing week, and. My first time meeting both of you, 
And I was so impressed with how genuine you both were and uh, brilliant. I, I And you're, Carissa, you are so giving. So she just loves to share everything. What do you need to know? I got it right here. <laughs> what, else? what else? I Can I print it out for you, the instructions? <laughs> I'll make that with you. I think my mutilated parasol was oh, yes. broken. <laughs> yes. And she's like a super welder, fixer, upper, super everything. And she's just, okay, this is what we do. We go to the hardware store. We get this and this and this. Okay, we get that and let's do this. But it didn't work. We couldn't weld it. We ended up having to use a two-part epoxy. Uh, yeah, and, and you know what? I still have a problem with it. So, <laughs> so, so you I'm guys can up later and fix it. Oh, I will say, I will never forget you and me in the bathroom of the Chicago Magic Lounge on the floor trying to solder your uh, your parasol back together 20 minutes before the show. Oh, so stressful. <laughs> I, I, and I had to get into my costume and my I think my makeup was on, but oh, so stressful. I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. And Jane, also, I had heard that you make a lot of your own stuff, like your snowstorm, uh, the tears. Uh, you actually make those yourself. Yeah. It's a pain in the butt. Oh, my the, God. The dressing room was like a little jade workshop sometimes. Like things would be <laughs> laid out, drying, or be cutting things in the corner. And I have, so have my space. Okay. Don't put your stuff here because I have thread here. Don't, you can't do it. Don't touch. Don't get away. <laughs> oh, and there's a fun piece of trivia. Uh, when you're when you're holding your uh, paper and it rips, yeah. there's Chinese characters on it. Yeah. What does it say on that paper? That's my name in Chinese. <laughs> it's torn. I'm sad. And then I restore it and I'm super happy. <laughs> I love that. I love that it's your name too, because it adds like an emotional level to it that people don't know about. Exactly. Like, this I is my paper. And my name. That's right. Yeah, well, and I think that care like that's kind of the theme. Well, we talked about this when we were hanging out, but that's sort of the theme of your work is so much about you exploring your own identity. Because you know, in that act, you got to explore one side of yourself, and then you and I talked about how in like the thumb tire when you do the the costume change, you're also accepting like the American side of you. It's so interesting to see like that really is a theme that crosses through all of your work, and then to find out like this is my name. It's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. I know. No, I don't think many people know that it's my name. Oh, that's awesome. It's subconsciously. It's, it's in, it's they in know it's <laughs> somewhere. Krista, thank you so much for joining. I always love to see you. Um, I want to make sure everybody following you. It's uh, Twitter and Instagram, Carissa Hendricks. Uh, just one R, just one S, Carissa Hendricks. Yeah, my parents are real lazy. Very few letters. That's right. Blame your parents. Um, uh, Shezampod.com, uh, a wonderful podcast with uh, Kayla Dresser. Shezam, S-H-E-Z-A-M, pod.com. I'm only spelling it out in case they're listening to this as a podcast. We have a great episode with Jade. Actually, we have two episodes with Jade. There's one that I did during that Women's Week, and then uh, Kayla did a follow-up episode that's like phenomenal. You were actually our first double guest because oh. we were obsessed with you. Oh. <laughs> Oh my God, Krista, thank you so much for joining us all the way from Canada. We have Canada, Spain, Hawaii, and uh, pretty close to you. I think Jay, Jay is actually pretty close to you. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Krista. I love you. Mwah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, this so a, a phenomenal episode. We are not done yet because if you have any last minute questions, please throw them into the comments. And while we wait for those to get in there, uh, I will ask you uh, a, a couple more questions. Um, one of the things that uh, Carissa alluded to 
um, was the, the talking act. So you're quiet on stage, you're silent. Uh, one of the things that I read that was great is that even though you're not talking, it's a silent act, um, the character is speaking in Chinese. So are you actually thinking in Chinese at that point? Or is that just the character? Because the, 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 the Manip Act is a, is a uh, mainland uh, Chinese person, but the talking act is a different person. So walk us through the differences and how uh, you've come up with a genius way of transitioning between the two. Uh, right. Uh, and you know, that all came about because um, in the 90s, early 90s, um, there was a Canadian tour that uh, Chuck, jo oh my God, Jones, Jan oh my God, Chuck. There was a Canadian tour that I was booked to do. They said, do you have 20 minutes? I only had my Chinese act. That's eight minutes. I said, yes, of course I do. And so they said, okay, we need 20 minutes. So I hung up the phone and I thought, shit, how am I going to get 20 minutes? I got eight minutes. I don't have three more years to make another eight minutes. So I think I have to get out of this dress. So I figured a way. I asked uh, Kevin James. I said, Kevin, do I have your permission to use your quick change method so I can get out of this dress? And he says, sure. And he showed me how it's all done, how it's made. I did that. I had to figure out how to do my quick change. And then from there. And I heard uh, there was like a physical aspect to that too, that you had to work out because the hoop uh, and fabric is way oh, heavier than it appears. Did I tell you? It's heavier than you think. Yeah, the PVC is heavy if you've never worked out. <laughs> the first few times I did it, I had to have an assistant come out and hold on to the hoops for me. <laughs> I was so sad. And then, uh, then I thought, I better start working out because I got to hold on to the hoops myself. Um, with that, I, I, anyway, once I mastered it, uh, I, I realized it was the perfect um, segue from the Chinese act into the Chinese person, which is really, when I perform it, it is the jade that was really shy and very afraid and young. And um, uh, that was, that's a part of me I can associate with. That, that's truly me. Um, the part of me moving on stage and just, you know, being very shy, that's me. But the other part of me, I learned from the magic shop that you better start talking or you're going to be fired. So I learned to be the American me and realizing that uh, nobody's perfect. So uh, I may make a fool out of myself, but I think nobody is perfect. So maybe it's okay. Um, that was the segue. So, so that for me to talk in the beginning, I was worried that are people going to say, you shouldn't talk. You should just stay quiet because I've heard that a number of times for some of the manip acts that I know. And that could come out as harsh. And I thought, maybe I don't know. Maybe my voice is not pleasant. Maybe it's, it's not right. Um, I had a lot of questions, but I didn't have a choice. I had 20 minutes to fill, so I did it. And uh, I got into groove and it felt right. Um, and I think that at some point I figured out that when I did my quick change, I think I used to just start speaking English. But I thought that's too sudden, too harsh. So I thought I'm going to speak Chinese to them. That's how I segue it. I do my quick change, I come out in my evening gown, sexy and all, and I speak Chinese. And then they look at me, the audience 
goes really quiet normally. They go really quiet like, shit, is she going to be speaking Chinese for the next 20 minutes? <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I break and I say, all right, for the rest of you, I'm going to speak English. And then, you know, then there's a relief laugh and then we move on. Um, so I'm very pleased with that. And I think it's a nice segue and it's really a part of me. I'm not all serious. And as Carissa told you, I'm not all serious. There are parts of me that are very specific. Then there are parts of me that are let loose, live, be happy. No, I love that. I mean, I think you have an incredible journey and the fact that your act is reflective of that is probably one of the reasons that you are as, as legendary a performer as you are. Um, as, as we wrap up, um, I, you have looked off camera. There was a disembodied voice. Um, I, I believe that is your husband, Matthew. So a shout out to Matthew. Um, there he is. <laughs> Hello. Hey, hi. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to showcase. Uh, uh, there you go. You guys are a lovely couple. Um, uh, and something I think a lot of people aspire to because you guys have been. Uh, I spoke to Matthew to get some background information. And uh, the, the love is is so obvious and apparent. And it's it's really, really wonderful. Um, so a quick shout out to Matthew. Now get out of here. <laughs> no, he's awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Matthew. Um, and uh, uh, one of my uh, favorite uh, magicians in Ireland said, ah, Jade, I love you and miss you. Ken oh. Dum said, Jade is a living legend. Oh. Uh, William said, in all caps, you're an amazing acrobat of the earth, which might be a reference to the Mark Wilson show you were on, I, I think and hope. Um, a lot of love from Kristen Kajigal. Um, as we wrap up my final question, and thank you again so much for doing this. Uh, this has been an incredible uh, a treat and pleasure. Uh, uh, there's a lot of young magicians, uh, performers who watch this. Um, what is uh, your advice to them? It's the question I ask every guest as my last question. So what advice do you have for, for a young performer? Well, I would say don't just focus on the magic itself. Expand your horizon, study the arts, all sorts could be uh, theater, could be paintings, could be opera, anything, anything, comedy even. Um, but more than anything else, in the words of my very good friend, he's an underground super genius, uh, amazing performer, Ron Aldridge. He says more than anything else, before you become a magician, you have to be a person first. So, it's not about the tricks. It's about you. Who are you? And will we like you? Because if you don't like yourself, uh, that's going to be hard for others to like you. So, so be clear on who you are and, um, then find the magic that fits you and, uh, enjoy the journey. That is uh, amazing advice and a perfect way to end. Jade, thank you so, so much for joining us. If you'd like to follow Jade, and I don't know why you wouldn't, go to facebook.com slash magicjade, and you can join our Facebook page, get updates there. Also go on Twitter, J-T-J-I-N, T-J-I-N. Uh, go on Twitter, um, follow her as well. Jade, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Love you to death. And uh, hopefully I get to hang out with you again soon. Mwah. Looking forward to it. Mwah. Bye. Thanks, Thanks so much. Jade, everybody. Oh my God. What an incredible episode. What an incredible performer. Um, please make sure you follow her facebook.com slash magic Jade or Jade, T-J-I-N. Uh, that's for Twitter. 
Um, and a huge thank to all of the people from literally all over the world who tuned in to celebrate Jade. We had Carissa Hendricks out in Canada, Rafael Benatar out in Spain. We had uh, Jay Alexander out uh, near San Francisco in Sausalito. We had Curtis Cam all the way from Hawaii. Uh, a huge thanks to uh, Chris Raymond uh, out in Nashville, Tennessee, who gave me a, a bunch of uh, great information and stories about Jade. Uh, a huge thanks uh, to Richard Kaufman, who wrote uh, some amazing pieces on Jade in Genie that helped uh, provide some of the research for this piece. Uh, and of course, to uh, Jade's husband, Matthew, uh, who provided a lot of the photos and information. And, and the biggest thank you, of course, uh, to Jade uh, herself, who uh, I, I just can't thank enough for being part of this program. Um, and uh, as always, this is presented by the International Brotherhood of Magicians. Make sure you join magician.org slash join dash the dash IBM slash join. If you are a kid, if you're under 21, there's a Lance Teen, Lance Burden Teen Seminar, July 7th to 8th. The information is right below magician.org slash convention slash Lance Burden Teen Seminar with dashes between Lance Burden Teen and Seminar. And Tannen's Magic Camp is July 13th through 17th. Uh, both Lance Burden's Teen Seminar and Tannen's Magic Camp are free. So if you are a kid under 21 and you're interested in magic, that is a great resource and a great thing to uh, take part in. Uh, this show is every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Uh, if you're on the East Coast, 4 p.m. if you're on the West Coast. Our guest next week is John Derambos. He is a regular on Ellen. He was a finalist for America's Got Talent. Uh, he's on a, a ton of television. He was also a Philadelphia Eagle. Uh, he's an incredible person, a motivational speaker, a great magician, a great guy. Cannot wait uh, to talk to him. We have some incredible surprises lined up for that episode. So make sure you tune in. Uh, you can go to whobooksthat.com. I know the name of my own show. It's whobooksthat.com. Um, you can also download this as a podcast. Please leave a five-star review and follow me at Harrison Comedy on Twitter and on Instagram, slowly learning TikTok, but I'm a 33-year-old man, and so it's going to take some time. So follow me on Twitter at Harrison Comedy. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, you guys are the reason we get to do this show. A huge thanks to literally everybody from all across uh, uh, the country and the world who have been tuning in. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Uh, my name is Harrison Greenbaum. That has been Who Books That? And we'll see you here next week. Uh, same time.